I did 70 and very sweet and she was yeah. obsessed with my husband and it was very annoying. I, like, yeah, we, I feel like we'd go to sessions and she'd be like, you don't need to do anything but keep looking good. You need a lot of homework. And I was like, anybody, anybody? <laughs> and I was like, that guy? And she was like, he's, he's adorable. You, on the other right. hand, do all this anxiety homework. Yikes. A ton of cognitive behavioral therapy. He's great the way he is. episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Today we're going to we're going to have a therapeutic guest episode because we have with us back again Molly Eliasoff, the official psychotherapist of Friday Night Movie. We are dubbing her, but also a tremendous psychotherapist. You can learn all about her at mollyeliasoff.com and she specializes in um uh celebrities and high-powered executives and people who are you know achieving things at really high levels in their life and want to take it to the next level this is this is where molly's expertise lies. her expertise so, is in everything okay so it's still unclear why she's hanging out with us it is she, does, she I specializes think she, in high-powered executives and celebrities yeah I and think. so so because what we're going to do with molly today is we're going to do we're going to bring her back again to do some fictitious character therapy um but before that i just want to welcome molly welcome back to the show thank you i'm so excited to hang out with you guys again like i don't even need to be on a podcast i just want to hang with all three of you <laughs> that is the that I is what it. we try to do with the show that's what we try to we and, and when we've had guests who don't know know us personally uh recently we have to explain we explain to them up front we're like we promise we know you're famous but we really just want you to be friends with us and hang out with us like you're in our family. <laughs> and that either it really works from there or it gets a or it gets it's or it's gonna very get really awkward. Weird. It's gonna get really weird. Wait, so you guys just did an elaborate podcast to hang out with people? Yes, that's exactly what <laughs> yes. we did. But we're actually we're so with lucky. each other. That's we're, how yeah, we hang out. That's how we can hang out with each other. <laughs> every week. I mean, this is, I mean, we're so grateful for this. So Molly, it's so great to have you back. And we're going to ask you lots of questions, but I introduced you correctly, right? I only asked you a hundred times the right way to do it. Okay. Um, Thank you. Um, And because you're a returning guest, you can really jump in at any time, but we do need to start within the family here because we always try to start with a family story when we can. And we had what I would say was the equivalent of an international merger negotiation peace process I'm actually Summit. surprised that we each didn't need a lawyer representing us in these. This negotiation. So much. That there, or that there wasn't a professional Our, mediator hired. So I'll set it that. up and then we'll give Lily on a timer a chance to tell what happened because she endured the most. <laughs> Our parents have decided to buy bunk beds for our children at their apartment so that when we come to visit, we can stuff as many grandchildren as possible. They're getting older. They can share a room. And one would just say, great, go get the bunk beds. But mom and dad, in true Corman fashion, 
They it started they with just one the, email. They no, just it started with, with WhatsApp they, messages. They don't just want the destination. They want the journey. <laughs> yes. Lily, what happened? Becky, okay, so Becky's you right. Jordan, I, there's, I, there's a family chat. No, Allie and you. And Allie and you. <laughs> literally, you're like whatever country decides to leave the summit and make a big they're like we're out of the summit we're not participating in this summit you can nuke australia we're done we don't give a shit that's what you and ali were like and so me and becky were left holding the bag and so they for and at least ali withdrew kindly she texted get whichever you want i don't care i'm good with anything you didn't even answer until you started no. like messing trolling. shit up. Trolling. So <laughs> it starts with a few, we have this family WhatsApp chat. It starts with a few like questions about bunk beds. I don't know. Aren't there just two beds, one on top of each other? Isn't no, that the question? No, and then like mom sends a couple links. She sends like a one link. And, like, 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 and some colors, like white, And then all of a dark, sudden there's, brown. there's five links and there's 10 links in the chat. And then there's an email. Anyway. And then our dad takes over on email form which is, I have to say, Our, I, he's so good at ma- Excel. He should have just ma- sent an Excel Google thing because the, he sends all these links in like a Word doc that are numbered with tiny little numbers and then pictures that don't correspond. And so I 100% think that, and then he wants you to give him his top three. Your, your top, top three. three. And then Wait. your top three aren't good enough because then you need to Wait. defend your top hold, three. Hold, hold on a second though. I, I don't remember how many were in this. The man is a PhD. So There's at least 17. Credit, there was at least 17. There was at least 16. Because 16, 16 was, was my second favorite. And it wasn't yeah. the last one on the dock. So it wasn't five. There were 17 <laughs> bunk beds with links and photos to review. Okay. And I also want to like, say that I think a lot I wonder, of them were the has same it been, bed, but just on different has, has it been a long time since they bought anything? <laughs> Do they need to buy more things? Because no, we're grateful that they want to buy this. I'm grateful, but I feel like they didn't need this much input. And also when you go to look for one thing to buy, I feel like you look at like three or four of them. You don't need to find 17 of that thing. It was a lot. We have to also acknowledge that it wasn't just the links, the 17 item long email list, the asking for the top three, the defending the top three. But it was because because none of us sent the three the the same three. (laughs) No, we did. We had one common denominator. We had one common denominator, but not all of us. But then it was the because because Shine Alley are like fuck this, we're not doing this. But my (laughs) husband feels the need to weigh in, so he starts responding. I thought great, it's just going to be me and Becky. We could narrow this down. Then my husband starts swaying and he like picks three completely different ones. No, it was the time crunch. It was the it was the red alert by tomorrow because Macy's is having a sale. It was like they were amazing. from like Amazon and Wayfair. No, but I was in a I was in a course Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Shout out to my Georgetown ITL cohort ten facilitation. Becky cohort. is a certified no. facilitator now certified from Georgetown University. But throughout the three days, you should have facilitated this bunk bed thing, Mom. I am in this course every day till four thirty and cannot be disturbed. Now she charges money. No, I just heard her. FaceTiming me, not once, not tw- like three, four times a day because she needs an answer now Wait, on the Molly, bunk bed. You should know that one of the options was floated was a three-story bunk bed. Oi. Okay. Oi. You say oi because that looks exactly. like a Because we're not going to say how we describe right. the bunk bed, but you know what it looks like. We just called it the World War II bunk bed. 
because <laughs> so you, you know what that looks like. Okay. That was one of the options. And so I finally text my sibling chat with my sister-in-law, Allie, and I go, you are welcome. I have just spent 30 minutes on the phone, finally putting in the final decision about the color of the bunk beds and they're being ordered. You can't go back. It's being ordered. It's done. So at this point, by the way, we're at like the midpoint. If this were a movie, we're only at the midpoint of the story. So my mom (laughs) texts the family chat. We, I ordered the bunk beds and shy just writes back. We're getting bunk beds. I wrote, I wrote, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no. My kids are not sleeping. Not, we're getting beds. bunk beds. <laughs> oh no. And my, my mom, kids actually sleeping my mom, beds. God bless her. Didn't miss a beat. And she just texts world war two bunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Mike drop. <laughs> which they are not. They're just like our, normal. Our bunk mom, beds. Our mom but, is the best. I'm she glad she was paying hilarious. attention. Um, okay. But anyways, so now, no, it was get... quite a saga. Now, that is an incredible saga. Uh, Molly, any family advice for us before we dig into today's topic based on that story? We miss you a lot. Aww, that's, that's so true, right? She they, did. They, she they've been in Miami. They've been in Miami, Miami without us. They've been in Miami without us. Oh, okay, all right. And you really hit that. You, you know, you really that's a great that point. I hope they listen to this far into the podcast because by now my mom's yelling at us through the car <laughs> wherever she's listening. So, I, mommy, if you've listened this far, Molly's yeah. right. We miss and you. and mommy goes this far when you call us to yell at us. Just give us enough notice so we can record it so we can release it. Um, yes. Now today, though, we're going to talk about something that is probably my most important criteria for loving a a tv series in particular but it could be a movie as well and that is character growth and molly has been gracious enough to bring her psychotherapeutic experience and her coaching experience to this conversation and put that lens on 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 fictitious characters with us so molly which is my favorite game is pretending characters are real (laughs) so molly set it up for us yep what makes good character growth i mean you could say in tv or in life or whatever but what 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 makes real growth what makes good growth i think in tv it's the level of entertainment that happens in conjunction with the emotion that you're able to connect with so that the development isn't incremental in a way that you barely feel it but that you're really seeing all the different milestones and in that way it's the same as in real life. Like, you know, when we're living our life, it's a lot harder to see, which is why I like working with a professional is so helpful. You get the lens, the reflection back of all the small steps you're taking to take massive development and growth in your life. But really feeling the emotion of the character shifting, you know, from feeling like awkward and dorky, for example, to feeling like dorky and really proud and confident about it. It's just like such a wonderful thing to witness their transformation. That's that's really cool. And so mm-hmm. when when you think of transformation being uh, authentic, because it's going to be different on TV, like you said, you're going to see the highlights. What makes a transformation authentic? Like, could you ever watch some and see, oh, that one, I buy that and that one I don't buy? Totally. I think when it's just a event, like a life stage event that seems to make transformation, Someone has a baby, all of a sudden they're a new person. They get a new job or promotion, all of a sudden they're a new person. 
it, it fits. You understand that all those life stage things change us, but often we really feel that they've grown into this next version of themselves as they bump along the way. And so when we miss that and we just glorify and do the highlight, we really miss the hard part of change, which is the thing that, you know, we often don't like to feel, but actually makes a huge difference. And what do you think? So there's a pet peeve I have of some shows, and maybe this is unfair because this is totally unrealistic. But one thing that drives me nuts is if you watch a season of a show and there's tremendous growth and evolution, and then you come back to the next season and they kind of set you back a little bit with the character as if, oh, no. Chuck Rhodes well, on Billions hasn't learned anything. He's still an well, egomaniac. Right. Or Nate on trying. Ted Lasso, where they're like, no, it'll serve our story if we just completely change his character. And I get so annoyed as an audience member because I'm like, no, no, they're they're real to me. You can't do But then that. they also, no, but then they try to trick you saying, no, the reason we're allowed to do this, we're going to give you backstory you didn't know before. So we're going to, we're going to. But, but my, but the point I started yeah. with is when they go somewhere and then they just restart. Like, yeah. Does that is that realistic in real life that people go back into their old habits or or and 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 will be the same even after they've gone as far as a big milestone? Totally. I, I think what you're talking about is kind of like regressive behavior. When we return to kind of like our old past behavior, it doesn't have to be younger behavior, it could be like our last chapter. I'm terrible. You guys know I like barely watch TV and movies, but I try a little bit. And the character that came to my mind when you guys were talking was the main character in Psych, right? That like Sean kind of has these like oh. developments. He like with Juliet, and then he like regresses and kind of can't handle it and takes it back. That's really super real. I think some of it's done with a little like more drama intended for entertainment purposes, you know? Mm -hmm. But all the time we grow and then we go back to what's comfortable. That's what usually that behavior is. But I also understand like kind of what Becky was saying where they like do too much foreshadowing or like back uh, backstory. It's like too like, much backstory to explain why this person gets to act completely out of character. Right. Or I feel like the regression is more realistic. Now that makes more sense to me than when they like add in like a, all of a sudden we find out that his dad was terrible to him and that's why he's change completely his personality or whatever that's yeah that's like what i'm talking gimmicky. about right that's yeah. exactly what i'm talking about versus on psych where they've actually spent you know five seasons four seasons giving you the backstory little by little between him and his dad we're giving you the backstory on sean and then when you see him behaving badly in his relationship you're like oh it it this is all in alignment totally and he makes some progress and he mm -hmm. inches forward but he's still growing up and yep. that's why you can buy it. Okay. Yep. Okay. And that's a great example because psych is one where it never has bothered me that Sean always stays Sean, mm. but I would never have been satisfied if he never, it, like I would have not liked the character as much if he didn't advance in his relationship with Juliet, even a little bit, which he does over the shows and the movies, mm -hmm. even though it's small amounts, they give you those little notches. Otherwise you really do feel like, you're restarting and and it, then it's just like an old timey show where they never advance the characters at all. Yeah. Well, I okay. also think he wouldn't, oh. sorry, just last no. answer about that. I think also he wouldn't have the capacity to keep growing in his career the way he does, right? Like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't correlate. If he didn't take those steps and further his development with Juliet, he would probably be kind of more who he was in season one, kind of doing things by the seat of his pants, even at work, and then getting less and less gigs over time from the police department. Oh, wow. Wow. You just tied like 
the promo that just blew my mind the promotions and his career development with his character but also accepting his regression because it's a human thing i mean i mean becky and i already love psych but we love psych but that's really out on another level yeah okay so even more depth (laughs) so you have many amazing clients of which you are super professional so we don't know who they are which is great confidentiality is like the most important thing of course we don't know who they are no no what i'm saying is is that that's one of the as people who are big fans and promoters of therapy as a good thing in the world, the sacred confidentiality is so important. Yep. However, with fictitious characters, they're not real. So like, just however, put tell there, us who your most famous client is. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Molly's going to- feels like I'm you're about ask, to say that though. Or you're about to say, unlike our other therapist friends that tell us everything. Like, no, they don't. That's not true. What like I want to ask Molly is- who no who would you want as a client <laughs> right that is fictitious not like i'd like to you know right, course, sit down course. with you know 100 we're also talking about characters we're not talking about yeah, the yeah. Actors, maybe yeah, characters yeah. Either. Right, we're right, talking right. about exactly non-real i mean humans. you could you could say non-real real humans. humans too <laughs> no no non-real humans oh that's a good question this that's is my question thank you question that's hard because it's so broad and i have so many people but i i mean i think it would be twofold i'd have one that would be an interest for my intellect like i would love to work with like a doctor who in different moments like maybe and doctor who like i'd want to understand his or david Tennant. Challenge. you know like I, for him specifically i feel like it's not just that every version person. of that version of yeah. right mm-hmm. right totally right um and then I you know to your earlier comment I think or like maybe this was pre-chat I think working with a client who's really ambitious and focused on what they want to grow and develop if we're gonna go back to psych I think Gus would be a great client like I think his other half in season two if he had the right support because he's focused he's driven but he's also a little lackluster and if he had space to get support for that he might be engaged and married way sooner and he's got the you... best opening line ever. Have you heard about Pluto? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I love Gus. <laughs> um, that is a great Dulé line. Tule Hill. Um, he's he's really great in that role. Um, you know, I don't know if you watch the show, but I know Shy at least does and would get this. But you know, I would love to if I had your job to get to uh, to have as a client um, Rome from Succession. <laughs> I have not seen everyone. So, so succession. Yeah. This is that's a must watch for you. You you should watch. Yeah. And I'd love to have you back on and we could do a whole succession thing with you and analyze these characters. These are very meaty, meaty characters. Okay. So that will be mine and Molly's homework. We will watch succession. Yeah. And then we'll come back back on on. and we'll have to do a whole thing. uh, Yeah. uh, yeah, Because Rome, just so you know, is it so it's this. Media empire family, very like hard edged father who who built the empire and raised it, and then it's the three children who were raised as billionaires, who are products of the life they had. So I mean, I I think and each one is a different. You know, there's the oldest, there's the middle, and then the youngest one is the one Lily's talking about, Rome, who is definitely the most fucked up. He's funny, but he's screwed up and and he's uh, but also the most well adjusted in a weird way yeah yeah he's also the most self-aware it's very it's very self-aware yeah he's he's got some fetish stuff that i find really interesting i'd love to unpack (laughs) but the the family dynamics like the richness of those characters and what they paint into them 
it would be amazing to have you like tell us because also a, a few of them are the kind of folks i don't know what personality types is but who are the ones who would immediately come in and fight the therapist mm. Mm. including rome who would fight the therapist yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's capable of even getting therapy. But. Which, like, I never think is a bad thing. I mean, I don't know. I'm not physically fighting. That's different. But, you know, like, <laughs> I think it's important to, that's my one rule, don't throw scissors at my head, which I work from school with. I can see less. It's great. Um, but, you know, I think it's really important that whatever it is that's going on for us, we'd want to bring to the table, which includes enacting things out with our therapist. So if we're getting angry, what is that anger about? And where is it coming from? And who are you really directing it towards, et cetera? But, yeah, I want to get to know these characters so I can speak more specific. Oh, they're the they're HBO. the most interesting characters I think on TV right now. I think there's so much depth to that show um, because yeah, they've set you up that these are horrible billionaires and you should hate them, and then they but they it's not that give simple. you why they are the way they are, totally. and you you so many people on. love this show. Like this is show is like beloved by every single person that watches it, and in like an addictive way. Like, oh my god, the third season's coming out, da da da. And every single one of them has said to me, "Oh, don't you just love to hate them?" And I want to be like, "There's no way you hate these people. You wouldn't watch the show so dedicatedly, if that's a word, dedicated. Yeah, yeah. No. you wouldn't be so attached to like the season coming out and enjoy an hour long show that's so chock full of stuff that's intense." over eight episodes if you hated every single person mm. it's so the show's so good because there's something about at least three of the four of them <laughs> that makes you love them yeah, three one of the is four. pretty horrible one of, yeah he's yeah, well three. that i mean yeah okay right. molly we have to do a succession episode yeah. that's gonna yeah. be amazing. all right so yeah. preview all right now let's dig into some specific characters uh i don't know who wants to start first um, i didn't know if, she, if, if molly had but, seen but, 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 but that's the best the... part about doing this right. with molly is that molly never needs like molly she doesn't if she doesn't know the character we set it up and molly just gives right. us the straight advice i think assume she doesn't know the character and then just talk molly about talk about them as the if they're best real. psychotherapist for the show so <laughs> that's why she's the best so, they're fictional to me too on multiple levels i don't even know them <laughs> but lil do you want to set up shauna from yellow jackets God, I really want to hear you set up the first. I think okay. you should do Yellow Jackets. I'll do Geralt and Lily does. Sure, done. And, okay. then, and then we'll take a little aside because I'm going to give okay. you, we, we should review that movie for a minute. But okay, so Yellow Jackets is a show about a group, uh, a soccer team of women, of young women from high school and their coaches who crash in a mysterious forest in Canada on the way to a thing. And eight, 19 months later, they they come out there's hints that there was some like cannibalism and murder and things like that but the ones that are still alive are now adults and they're they're living regular lives but there's also a certain mystery and trauma that's informing their thing so it's a there's it's definitely a mystery. P there, there's some ptsd totally. so shauna who's played by the amazing melanie linsky uh uh she <laughs> she is at the same time a put together somewhat sad resigned to her life housewife who 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 in high school wasn't the super popular one but she actually married the prom king in the end and he really really loves her um but she also has an undergirding rage and dissatisfaction with her life so on one hand she's this 
you know, mine, uh, uh, very, you know, proper mother. She also is a little bit of a cold blooded killer. She does and, murder someone and doesn't seem that upset about it. Yeah. But she's also just trying to be a good mom. And then at one point she, she, to teach a lesson to her kid for not liking her dinner, she goes out to the backyard, kills a rabbit and skins it and feeds it to the family. And they don't really realize that that's what she's done. She sort of tells them, but they don't realize it because they don't know what she's capable of. So she has this real like power behind her, but she seems to not know how to use it or, hmm. or, or, or channel it. What a kind she's, way to talk about her. She's and, very angry. And, well, she's so like, she's so likable, but she also murdered someone. I wasn't that upset. Well, she, she murdered so. her, the guy she was having an affair with because in a, in a jump to conclude, well, first of all, by jumping to conclusions, she had an affair with him because she and, thought her husband was having an affair. And he wasn't. And, and he wasn't. Hello. And oh yeah, tons of spoilers. We already did a Yellow Jackets conclusion episode. So if you're following this show, we've already spoiled it. And then when she thought that the boyfriend that when the boyfriend was blackmailing her, she never she never believed that this handsome artistic guy could like her the same way she never believed that her prom king husband really loved her and wasn't cheating on her. Okay. So when she got like a, a clue that maybe he was blackmailing her she stabs him in cold blood well she has like a they, pt that, to be fair yeah, she, she does a, have she a ptsd a, moment where she's she a PTSD like out of body experience and kind right. of then murders it she kills so, him. She's, again is not that upset about it so you know shauna now she is with her husband um and uh she, you know she has she, i tried to do that because i thought he'd go quicker but i feel like no, sorry. i mean there's like way so much like what's the question well, i don't the question know is this. <laughs> so she and her she and her husband right because we're gonna come back to character growth she and her husband have now hid the body okay. and the they're going back to their life they make up playing the story a little bit okay they make up after that how how do you, and we don't really know the trauma exactly that she went through, but how do you help Shauna grow into a world where she believes in the love that people are giving to her? Because to me, I feel like Shauna has now twice experienced not believing she was deserving of the love from her husband, which led her to jump to conclusions, and then not believing she was deserving of the love that the guy was infatuated with her because it's he like thought that perpetually unpopular. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that's the area of growth I would want to talk to her about. I don't think it's the murder. Really realize yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to talk about with her. Fair, fair enough. Probably the murder included. Um, but actually it ties into that. What I'm about to say, you know, I don't think it's about realizing that people love her and being able to accept that. It's standing into her own. I think she doesn't have a real sense of self in some way. It sounds like she's playing, even this idea of her being a little bit like Stepford wifey, like she feels like she's putting on a costume and the relationship that was the affair and the husband and the, you know, the husband being the prom king too. It's like, she wants to be this next iteration of self, but inside doesn't sound like she feels it until she murders something. And then all of a sudden, boom, she's got that energy and that just. She does talk about how she doesn't feel things in the show. So, wow. Very good. On the money. Very good on the money, Molly. (laughs) Damn, damn, damn. damn. You haven't watched the show and I feel like you summed her up. That's amazing. Okay, I will stop talking over to Becky. Okay, so Geralt of Rivia is... He's got very... 
thick thighs. He's very, he's very muscular, very he's muscular very thighs. Muscular. He's a very muscular man. He probably, if you've got a chance to talk to him, that's the only thing you should talk to him you about. You should focus on. You wouldn't be able to listen to him. You'd be looking at his thighs. You know, muscular thighs. Uh, so he's he's a loner. been known to rupture his leather pants. Yeah, wow. apparently so on set, there's a rumor yeah. that. Sorry, in my right. mind, he's real. So, Geralt, please don't talk about sets or shows. <laughs> okay. Real Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. He's he's a loner. He's a lone wolf. He's a mysterious man. He's gorgeous. He's a fighter. You know, he's very tough, being physically tough and strong and in, invulnerable and being perceived as invulnerable he's is so really important to him. But when he does care about someone, he cares deeply and fully. And with so like far, he's total, only cared about a horse, a horse, and and like two people, like three and people. two other two other people, and like a half. Uh, like two and like a half. Not, he, he cares about have a lot here. of. He saves Yasmin. Yeah, Jasper. But that's like Jasper. recent. That's yeah. recent. But like so so of these very like small horse and two and a half people that he's cared deeply about. Um, you know, uh, one of them, the woman that he's in love with, betrays him, and wants to apologize and gain his trust back but it's unclear uh if he if he can really forgive her and trust again well, he says and he so can't he, full he out says, says he can can't, he says he we can't. hope but the thing is that but the like, betrayal isn't it's it's a it's a great angle in the story because if it was like something very very bad it would be unrealistic because he would never he's so such like a loyal person that you he know didn't he didn't realize never... she she didn't realize she was betraying she, him right she wasn't was like maliciously like betraying oops. him it was, it was like, like an, an oops to daisy and it she was did, a bit she made a really bad gray. judgment call she made a really bad right. judgment call by and in the end she by it. almost giving up his basically like his daughter, daughter. it's not like his blood daughter but like the child he's raising by almost giving her up to an evil demon bitch, demon who had his part like house murder her that that's she was part. yeah that's a whole other thing that's but, a, but, so but but then she didn't you, wait i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be the one explaining this lily <laughs> you're getting the next one but i don't really want the next one i wasn't even i didn't put it on the list i think they're okay couple. so you then you take over <laughs> then you take over and there's emma and peter oh, have fine. no issues whatsoever <laughs> no they do they do go you, ahead go ahead you no, explain no, go ahead. You, you finish i feel bad no, sorry no but what's okay. the growth question for so the growth for question Carol is Deriva? like how can he what are the steps he can take to really hear what his ex is trying to tell him about it being an accident and like being able to forgive her and move forward with the relationship and not hold this against her. Cause she's like one of literally two people and a horse that he actually did trust. And the horse is and dead. The horse is and the dead. horse is dead. Oh, horrible. Well, I still don't understand what, how that's an oops, but that sounds like a massive betrayal. Because she didn't know that he had I mean, she didn't know that this person, this this kid was his, she knew that he had a kid out there. That's okay. Like, but she didn't know, she had never met the kid and didn't know that this was the kid. And some evil witch demon wants the kid and and she's willing to make a trade to go find the kid and give it to the witch demon so that she can get her powers back, her own powers back. Her, so she's her, doing which it is to, her biggest sense of self-identity. It's not like a trivial thing. Though. She yes, is extraordinarily she's gonna, like, sacrifice selfish. a child. Well, why would you want to rebuild a relationship with her? Exactly. exactly. But she, I mean, she doesn't do it. Question in the end, like, in the end, she doesn't do her. it. She doesn't do it. She doesn't, she chooses to not get her own powers back to save the kid. Okay. And then she offers herself up for sacrifice to save everyone. 
right. So she's trying to repair the rupture, she, right? She but, is. You know, I don't know if that's enough redeemable quality if he's someone who's that as loyal as you described him. He's he is so loyal. And so I think there are a few questions. I don't know if the if the question you know the question I feel like was you know how do we get her closer to him? How do we like br- bridge the gap? How do we build the repair? I think the question for him really, if I was just talking to him, is like. How does he figure out what he needs from another person in a relational dynamic? What is enough and what is the deal breaker? And how does he get super crystal clear on not only who that, how that works and who he knows right now, but also starting to be mindful that his circle is getting smaller and what does he need relationship dynamics for? And does he need to increase that? And then how does he assess who's, who is a good fit for adding into his inner circle based on the qualities that he's identified? Her and like some horses. That's it. But so he, my, he needs more wait, people. Right? Wait, can we just but, stop for a moment and appreciate what amazing advice this is? Like it's so amazing. Good. I feel like this it's very so good advice. Good advice. advice. I have a question. In the world, assess like I, what you need. Look at your circle. Is it getting too small? And then what and like people need well, if they're going to be in your circle? Like right. Yeah. But my question it's for you hard. is, and this is in your real life experience, sure. not with like sh- sure, fake sure, peoples sure. and shows. I mean, in like your pa- the patients that you've seen or yeah, clients sure. or whatever. Can people really come back from betrayal, from yes. true betrayal? I definitely believe so. But I, I think you have to opt in for that. So I think you have to opt in and go, I really want this person in my life and why. Mm. And that's why I would have him start with like, what do you need from people? Why are relationships important to you? And what do you look for in a relationship so you can sink into ease? And obviously when there's betrayal, trust is ruptured. And most of us want some sense of trust and confidence in the other person. So the question becomes the other attributes you have on that list, are they strong enough in the dynamic and the pull that you have towards this person to give space and time to rebuild the qualities that were broken? Okay. Well, that's what was it, like that's, $120, that's awesome. $150. How much you can Venmo her after. Um. <laughs> We don't, uh, we don't pay our debts. We don't, we don't. Yeah, but, sorry. No, but that was send us your new address and we have some amazing Wait, swag. We can okay. send you a house. Well, and it's on a new and, website, <laughs> but I'll also send you a personal address. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not all of our guests give us a personal address. Some of them are like, you can send to a, a PO, PO box. box. Get out of here. Right. Um, so I have actually have a third one that I can do instead of Peter, uh, Peter go, and Emma. Go, go. I think this is we'll, much better. We'll come back to Peter so, and Emma later. So there's this family, the Gemstone family. They are oh, the founders one. of a mega church, you know, billion dollar church, fleets of private jets and big estate houses, you know, all this fancy because, and they are leaders in their community and renowned around the world. But the family dynamic itself has some pretty intense, heavy things. The main one being that the patriarch, the father, right? There's a father, his wife recently passed away, and and he has three adult children. And the adult children are all so desperate for their father's approval. And it's so desperate, the things that they go through to, to try and win their father's approval or to prove to him that they are fully formed adults and can be trusted to lead the church and lead their own lives. They go through some pretty extreme measures from time to time. Um, And at the same time, they so deeply miss their mother who has passed away maybe a year ago that there was an incident recently where they believed that their father had actually murdered someone. And when they confronted their father, 
the father comes clean with his alibi for that night. He previously wasn't sharing his alibi, which is why they thought he was the murderer. And he comes clean with his alibi. And his alibi was that he was actually on a date with a woman and it was like getting kind of hot. And they're so devastated by this that they would prefer that they had that he had just murdered someone. But this is after the mother has passed away. This is after correct? the mother's been just, dead for is, a year. The so mother has died like a post- year before. The so mother died he, a year before. Because it's not like and extreme so, grief. So now he's in this big confrontation with his children because they are so disappointed in him and so upset with him for starting to date, you know, a year plus after his wife has died, that they their reaction to him is, why couldn't you have just murdered someone that night mm-hmm. instead of going and trying to like, you know, go on a date with someone like you're this is so horrible. I just like, how would you, what would you recommend this family does as some first steps to try and deal with this confrontation, repair this? <laughs> Super layered question. Really interesting. I can give you my gut instincts. I don't know if I would know my first steps that I'd want to go with. I probably just want to get to know everyone, but I think it, I would also really want to know what's important and meaningful. I think in that the confrontation, like if I use my like intellect, like my logic brain, like I like to call it, like doesn't quite make sense. So you'd rather someone who it sounds like was a religious leader to some component be a mm-hmm. murderer, which I'd imagine would be like super hypocritical. Although I'm sure there's something equally, or it sounds like more triggering about him investing in romantic relationships and being somehow betraying even, you know, their, their mom, even though she's passed. Um, I'd want them to really start to look at how much has it been important that he gets glorified and to what degree and how do we repair relationships by humanizing them and understanding the qualities of who we are as, as people, including yourselves. Can you start to see yourself less in this system that sounds really hierarchical and also like very, um, tantalizing and desired to reach and keep growing and climbing, but also really wanting to have the sense of normative connection the way a family does. And so how do we kind of like almost bring you back down to ground using like gravity to find how is our father a real human? How am I a real human? How are we all real humans? And how do we accept that piece while trying to repair the relationship dynamics? I feel so like I normative officially... connection, normative connection is the key word in this because the this family does not have normative connections. Typically. Can I can I also just say I, I officially like this game even more when Molly doesn't know the show or what we're talking about because <laughs> I'm sort of blown away. This is <laughs> It's incredible. This is like, incredible. I feel like I'm at a mentalist show. Very good advice that people <laughs> take away weird. from this. No, yeah, this it is, is very good advice, advice. But, but apply to these extreme situations. Well, but I, the I, advice I, holds up for anybody who's listening. Thank you, everyone. And yes, can we take a caller? I, I'm not good at that game at all. But I can hear themes really loudly. And look, I think that, you know, even... Um, what came flashed to my mind are a lot of com- also uh sorry families that have large companies and like their let's say last name is notorious for the the company or the enterprise that they're associated with you know it always there are always themes of that conflict between we are family and we are a business and 
always that is going to be a push pull because then what becomes the priority? Our loyalty and connection to one another, the thriving of the business. How do they compete with one another? How do we hold space for both? How do we figure out how they're collaborative? You know, and, and we're talking about a religious institution, but it sounds like within the same vein almost. Um, and and what can happen in that is like a dissociation of this person being human versus a cog in the business. Wow. Yes. It's like, that's just us listening and absorbing. We're just, we're you know, just it takes a lot yeah. to silence these siblings. Okay. <laughs> Let's, what, what, what do we do next? Do you guys, do you think we have time? Cause we do want to talk about, I want you back. Do, do we want to talk? I think we could do comparison if comparathon. you want. Let's Only because the I worked on it. But it's assuming she knows all of these characters. Oh, I figured oh, I will have to explain. I'm, I'm confident Molly doesn't. So, because I know, I know Molly doesn't. She left me a message that said, I don't know who a lot of these people are, but I think that's, when we describe it, it's great. Yeah, so it's great. I like it. But 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 I'll I'll explain the character arcs very fast in this case. Great. Like best adapted description yep. length. Got okay. it. Go. Okay. So Finding Nemo. Do you? I mean, let's just check. You know, Finding yeah, Nemo about the fish. Yeah, I a long time ago. I okay. don't know every person. But like Father, the neurotic, very scared neur- dad, neur- helicopter neur- parent. Yeah. Got it. Ne- he- neurotic dad afraid of losing his son because of a past trauma of losing his wife and some of his family needs to you know over the course of this movie learns to let his son front son you know swim free in the world so that's your first one and then we're going to compare it to the next one in the line and you're going to pick which one do you think is a better growth arc or whatever criteria it's going to make it better for you okay okay shrek big ogre who falls in love with beautiful woman and learns to see his own beauty uh, and and let that be seen to her, not physically, but emotionally. And that's how they, they fall in love. Hands down Shrek. I think Shrek is really interesting to watch him grow into his sense of like love, his sense of self, his sense of confidence. Finding Nemo, the dad it deserves to be as neurotic and nervous as possible. <laughs> this is a helpful <laughs> child on the loose. <laughs> not a gross <laughs> Okay. Also, all like right. all of his other children, his wife were murdered. So allowed to be nervous uh okay so shrek and hermione granger what's hermione granger's growth i don't know i didn't see that movie but i put harry potter and i was like there's not enough women on this list so i switched it stack up goody two shoes i don't know okay so so i'll say this harry hermione granger is a rule obsessed you know wanting to be the a student ends up growing to be one of the leaders of a revolution that saves the world putting okay her, well that's pretty her, good Chai. putting her values before her, her authority her respect o- of authority. over her respect for authority learning well, to do that then there you okay. go not a bad example comparing her to who shrek. To shrek uh i mean based on that description I, I only saw the first few movies i would and only read the first few books i would say hermione granger hands down okay. i think right. that's pretty epic yeah all right so hermione now let's put hermione against frodo baggins from lord of the rings frodo is like from a, a, a group of un, uh, exactly underestimated small person who because of his virtue and his goodness and the belief that he is the only one who can resist the temptation that this ring this this evil device has is saddled with the burden that literally gets heavier and heavier and heavier the further he gets into his quest of essentially taking on lifelong scars that will never go away he's like a but, f- fe- but because he human. he he is the person. only he is the only person who can um 
literally save the world. Like he has to, and and he is the only one who can do it. And everybody is counting on him. And it's a burden that is extremely heavy on him, but because he's good, he comes back to always trying to do it, but it's extremely hard for him. Um, and in the end, I'm, he saves the world. Definitely him. I'm first oh. of all, you got me more bought in to see the, the movies with the series, which I've never watched, which is like, I just rewatched them with my kids. Pretty pretty incredible. Incredible. And and he cha- his change is quite fundamental. He can't even go back to live with the hobbits. Like he's so different that he needs to like find a different life from this journey. I think journey. that's part of why I chose him. It's like he the depth of the beautiful characteristics, the virtue that he has is like so rich in that description. Like I'm already pulled towards him. He wins. Okay. I think. I don't know. The okay. next okay. one's real hard though. Okay, L Woods from Legally Blonde. It's <laughs> amazing. She's an icon. A role Elle model. Role a model. tough one. Well, let's start. Elle originally, despite being brilliant herself, thinks that her future is to be the wife of a man who's going to be a senator. And then uh, when she is dumped, r- goes on a quest that ultimately results in her becoming an empowered lawyer who is able to get innocent people off for murder. Off, and then eventually, because let's not forget Legally Blonde too, Red, White, and Blonde, make an impact on Capitol Hill herself, where she originally thought she was just going to be a, a you know, the wife of someone. So, um, so her versus Frodo. First of all, you have a gift for these recaps because that what I knew, <laughs> and the, the joy in which you told it was beautiful. Um, I'm enjoying the, re- I, I, at first I was nervous about these recaps. I'm like, who's going to listen to this? But I'm <laughs> thoroughly enjoying them. They're very entertaining. Uh, Frodo, definitely. And I'll tell you why. I don't think Elle's character development is that intense. Interesting. I really feel like she always had it in herself. So she just kind of saw it a little bit more and she definitely had to enact it, which was part of the push, but it never felt like that big of a leap. It felt like a small right. step, but like she had in her. Okay, Mazel, keep going, keep it open. I, you know, I don't, yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Okay, this is great. All right, now Frodo, and you know, he's nominated for an Oscar now. We gotta, we gotta talk a little bit Will Smith. I love whoever put this on this Fro- list because me. this is one of my favorite movies. I know. Fro- Will I, I Smith- did a deep, do you see the deep yeah, soul searching for this list? Hitch. Okay. And this is all, yeah, have you seen Hitch? Yes, I've seen it. Okay. Cause that's a relationship movie. Yeah. Hitch is a man who was. It. It's probably what she who, studies before she goes to was, work. I'm just kidding. His, <laughs> sorry. his you know, was was burned on relationships when he was in college and then refashions himself as a super cool dating expert that in the end has to learn to take his guard down to uh, uh, allow uh, to allow himself to um, fall in love with a woman who is equally guarded, but who is slowly letting her guard down. It's like they're playing poker. The absolutely amazing Eva Mendes. And he has an allergic reaction in the middle of the movie that no one can ever forget (laughs) these recaps are so good and you're right yeah she was incredible as well frodo hands down again same thing i feel like hitch hitch's character l's character they were like you know maybe i can work with them for six months like you have it in you like let's just they're basically there they just need a little nudge but it's still a hard work nudge. It's just, it's not a big leap. Frodo had to like change his internal world. Like just kind of the gravity is totally different, you know? All right, Phil 
from Groundhog Day. Have you seen Phil from Groundhog Day? And I watched this with my kids. It's about a it's man. A great it's, movie. It, it's a fantastical realism movie. It's amazing. Bill Murray, he's a narcissistic guy. He's a pretty who, terrible person at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Who goes to be a news reporter on Groundhog Day and is stuck reliving a loop of the same day until, as my children actually pointed out, because they were recapping the movie for us because Groundhog Day recently happened, until he learns to appreciate his life and be grateful for the people. It's not just that he falls in love. It's not just that he does nice things. It's that when he truly becomes grateful for his life, the loop will stop. Um uh, and then he's able to progress and go forward. Yeah, it's still Frodo. I mean, that's okay. oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think I think it's pivotal, but I don't think it's earth. I that guys. I thought that started a chance. All right. All right. I don't okay, know okay. what the character development is of is of this next one, honestly. Well, that's I'm going to give it to Lily because Lily's more of a Kill Bill person. What's the growth of the bride? I think she just wants to murder everyone, and she does it. <laughs> well, she sits out with I a mission, think... and she completes the mission. Well, I think that this is, well, this is a person that was very comfortable in her world and she's an assassin and her boyfriend was her boss and she, oh no, then, sorry, that was her ex-boyfriend. Her boss is her ex-boyfriend. And then she goes, she falls in love and she's going to go have this whole other life and she wakes up after being in like a shootout and no longer pregnant all by her accident no they shoot they kill everyone no they kill everyone at the wedding at her wedding oh at her wedding oh right yeah what's everyone in her like world she leaves the assassin life i I, I have to say this is not a movie i like (laughs) okay obviously frodo's gonna win but i'm just saying she then no no i'm not i'm not very, saying you shouldn't put this in here i think she it's has to rebuild the, her life she has to rebuild she's her life the very bottom of the barrel she basically is completely in and has to dig herself out she has to dig herself out she's her body's like totally atrophied yeah she can't even move she wills herself but she also has to re- rebuild herself and her goal is to get revenge but also to get her daughter back And she goes through this insane two movie quest. And then at the end, spoiler alert, this movie is like 25 years old. She. It's not that old. Or whatever. It's old though. She's 20. (laughs) Achieves her goal and gets this daughter back. Her daughter's what, like six years old at that point. She's never met her and has to be her mom now. And but you don't see that part of the movie. You just see her murder everyone in the movies. And at the end, she's with the daughter and then she's like has everything that she's been fighting for. And then she goes into the bathroom and she just cries by herself Aww. after being so strong and sort of like so, all this vulnerability comes out and now is going to begin the journey of motherhood. You gave me a tough one on this one. I, it's a, it's a, I'm going to still go with Frodo, but, okay, that's okay. but I, like, I, I have buy-in, personal buy-in to the attributes behind, and there's also a mission for the world. However, I have a lot of respect for that character, despite how murderous she is, because <laughs> it sounds like she literally, you know, pushed, pulled herself out of the ground to be able to not only fight for her own survival, but the relationship of being a mother. I also think part of why, besides her murdering qualities, uh, I didn't vote for her, is that I think she's still got 
room for that growth, right? The crying in itself, but now how does she evolve into being her without that fear and her as a mom? So I would love okay. to the next chapter. Okay. So Frodo's <laughs> winning. I want to make a, a, a note that the next character okay. was not a good and evil thing. It was just the amount of change that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's hard for me to lose sight of, of um, that, of the former factors. So but, but, then, but then it swings back. Okay. So Anakin Skywalker, young boy, uh-huh. born with tremendous gifts, is an orphan separated from... And, and in order to live a life not in in uh in basically imprisoned has to leave his mother so when you think of has to leave his mother and goes to live with the jedis who train him in all of his powers but in his in his uh missing of his mother but also the seduction of the power uh, the loss of his girlfriend, his disillusion, he has disillusionment with the people who taught him. All of that creates a recipe by which he is essentially converted and brought over to the dark side in which he transitions from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader, of which he becomes like a genocidal maniac. Like yeah, the Kill Bill lady's got nothing on the who Darth Vader has killed. He murdered children in his first, his first job was killing all the Jedi younglings. Okay. And then in his final hours of life, literally in his final hours of life, turns it around. Son who deeply believes that there is still good in him redeems himself by saving his son's life and, um, and returning back to that person that he, he once was uh, at the end, right before he dies. But he spent a good 25 years murdering people. He didn't know Molly. I don't know what to say. There is a ton of transformation in that character's narrative. However, similarly to the last comment, the last character, still there is room for growth. That one action shows me the beginning of a transformation rather than long lasting. And so then what does that look like? Also, that even though that change is massive, it feels quite self-involved. So like how much of it is really for him versus changing in total? Got it. Okay. Okay. I see. And, and, and is he the one doing the work? Is he the one doing the work really? Or is it really his son who is the one who is, who that's an interesting growth story anyway, but um, I can't do Luke Skywalker because of the last Jedi. Uh, the... I need to make a separate appointment with you for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now last but not least, okay. Michael Corleone. Again, we're looking for the most interesting, you know, or what you think is the best growth. Michael Corleone comes from a crime family, a very dominant father, hierarchical, but is the golden boy who wants, who goes and serves in the military and who his father thought would one day be a senator or president. And then after the murder of his older brother, takes over that role as the patriarch uh, and fully embraces being the head of the crime family to the point where he murders his other brother and uh eventually in his last years of his life in his well i mean in his last 10 20 years of his life tries to come back to his initial mission of making the family legitimate that was always his hope was that i'll take over but i'll make it good but he goes and you know darker and darker darker and in the end even through all of his 
efforts to make things right still causes more death and tragedy in his family. And so even though he somewhat achieves a certain level of legitimacy for himself uh, and confessing of his sins himself, um, isn't really able to right the wrongs of the past, but um, and 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 ends up dying sad with a tremendous amount of guilt, even though he has tried to absolve himself through religious practice, through business practice, through criminal practice, desperately trying to cleanse himself. Beautiful story. And also, you know, gonna sorry to disappoint going back to Frodo for a second, but let me also go back to why. I think it sounds like it was a small minor step to go from a place of like being a family member to being in the family business, which brought some kind of like, it sounds like negative undertones to his involvement. And then it sounds like he stayed in that realm for a really long time, maybe intensifying that. And then it sounds like he tried to do some repair and healing, but all of it sounds like they were subtle steps in the opposite direction versus grand leaps to change the world. Yeah. Do you think that that happens with folks that, you know, they say, you know, the pay, the way to hell is paved with the best intentions. You ever, you ever find that people in that great effort question. to, no, I'm going to make it legitimate. I'm going to get, I'm going to get it around this time, but, but they just, they, they almost like they can't get out of it. Or is there really always a choice to get out of it? I think there's always a choice to see what you most want to sit with that feels comfortable and resonates with you as well as who you want to be in the world. I think the trap there is thinking that you can change the system to make the system feel different. That's bigger than you, even when you're the head of it, because everyone involved has an underlying motive that brought them together in the first place. But if you don't want to feel like the undertones of that system, then that's the option to kind of choose. Which is why I got out of the bunk bed conversation, guys. Was that, that was my good callback. All right, Molly, thank you for that marathon, that comparathon. We're now going to go to our a great our, one of our favorite parts of the show, which is our shout outs and wrecks. And in this, we'll also do a little mini review of I Want You Back, the big Valentine's Day movie that was released on Amazon, Amazon. Prime. And uh, Becky, take it away. Kick, kick off our shout outs and wrecks. Uh, a few weeks ago when Sundance was going on, Lily and I both watched uh, this documentary called Aftershock. I don't know, maybe Lily wants to speak on it a bit more. It's uh, a very powerful. I really powerful, recommend it. Very I don't powerful. Know if people can see it yet. I don't think it's widely available yet, but look for it in festivals. I'm sure it'll be out. Very powerful documentary about um, the uh, the maternal mor- morbidity rate epidemic that is happening in the United States with uh, black women and women of color. And it, it dives into some personal stories and, and, you know, kind of explains this um, very severe situation crisis uh, crisis. And it's very powerful. Um, Not nominated for an Oscar. Oh, sadly. uh, It wouldn't be eligible because it, it was just, it was released in 20. It, it premiered in 2022. And oh, the Oscars are okay. It's 2021. Okay, yeah. well, cool. Hopefully um, for next year. Then taking a recommendation from Gabe and Etta, two of our our very very favorite guests that we have on this show from time to time. I have been watching Ghosts, the BBC show that's available on HBO. The original. The original. Hel- just hilarious. Um, about a very, very broke couple that inherits a massive estate and 
that is haunted, not haunted, but that is inhabited by many ghosts from all eras, ranging from cave from a caveman to a politician that died in the 90s. Um, and the, the, the wife in the couple has an accident and after the accident can now see and communicate with the ghosts. And it just chaos ensues and it's truly delightful. Is it like Beetlejuice? No, because the ghosts have no abilities or power. Sort of. It's not unlike Beetlejuice, actually, but they have no abilities or powers whatsoever. I mean, like a couple of them can do the most minor things imaginable, but it's just the dynamics of the ghosts. They're essentially living this very mundane life. And there's just like, there's just some ongoing bits that are really, really wonderful because they can't touch anything or go anywhere or do anything. So how do they entertain themselves for centuries That's a on end? Is one of the themes. Um, it's very, very funny. Uh, and then I did watch I Want You Back and it is two hours long. That is true. It is, it is, two, it is hours two hours of Charlie Day and Jenny Slate and I adore them both. So that was extremely, extremely delightful. And it's two hours long. Uh, so I'm going to come in it here is. and say, I watched it in two sittings. So I, Me too. Maybe, I watched it in two I, sittings. I, so of the three of us, I was the one who was not interested in another streaming rom-com i feel like i have been uh burned by a lot of them although because and i don't count sex appeal which we reviewed last week as a simple rom-com i don't feel that like i've been no, that's burned by streaming it's a different genre shy I've, I've been burned by streaming action movies far oh, more the action than movies any. for sure that's true the, the rom-coms not... have been okay but this one seemed like the plot of it like the setup to me was Two people get dumped on the same day and decide to get back at their respective others. You're I was speaking like, oh. my language. Literally, they try, they try to get to them here. back. It's not get, I want to get back oh, at you. It's get, called get I want them back. you back. It's I I whatever. Maybe it's you should not be fundamentally misunderstood. But what I want to say is this: is that I found this movie delightful. Delightful. Thanks. Delightful. Two, hours, two hours of the two of them. I thought it was two hours. Both of them were yeah, I agree. It's Scott, like, but I thought they give me spent a third hour. The the two hours, I I think two hours is just very long for this kind of movie. But but I will say, the two of them were really interesting and really kind characters. Even though mm -hmm. they had problems, they were really they were nice people who were doing something not nice. But I really I felt for them a lot, and the people that they were trying that they were trying to get back were not bad people either. These were all people making different choices for their love life and i thought scott eastwood was great in it i thought gina rodriguez was great no, in it. everyone was great and and manny manny Jacinto and yeah He's from great. he was amazing so good. and so and uh i think for me so so i thought there was this was w way better than i thought it was going to be even though i already loved everyone involved in it i, I will say like spoiler-ish i thought that the i thought that the end of the movie was the, the last half hour, which is where you really start to feel how long it is, was when was where I would have like maybe shortened it a little bit and resolved it a, a little bit, not differently, you know, but a little bit more. I, but, but my, I really like this movie. Honestly, I, my, I, my my criticism of it wasn't the two hours is is a it's a joke. I mean, I'm serious. I yeah. think that's just too long for most movies these days. But it's actually what we get throughout the whole film is this incredible friendship bill this this friendship chemistry between the two of them that's just phenomenal right we don't actually get the romantic chemistry part and you understand yeah. that they each fall in love with each other like you get it they each have their you know you don't you even know, see them uh, kiss in a movie you, you eureka moment oh i figured out i love 
But that actual, that would have been nicer if that happened sooner. And then there was like a little bit of romantic chemistry because by, the, you know, it just, it was missing. Like I needed that. Like I needed that part of the huh? ship. Well, let's turn Something to our that, relationship oh, expert. Right, right. I, what do you think? I thought that they did have part of what they were, were they learning. They showed friendship Has seen it? No. No, Molly. But came out know. yesterday. We're the three weirdos that like watched it in a red. Well, maybe Molly was like, I'm canceling all my clients today because homework just came out. This is my homework. I don't know. I don't know what her day's <laughs> like. You guys like. assign a BBC show that's like light, soft, murdery shows like Ovid. I'll watch. Okay, great. Ghost. You have to watch Ghosts. You have to watch Ghosts. <laughs> I, will, I will. That's that's definitely it's on HBO. Summer Murders, Death in Paradise. I'm in. We can watch that. We right. watch that. <laughs> Uh, okay shy what was the question oh no i was gonna say just to you know becky was saying that we didn't see the romantic chemistry on screen you saw a lot of friendship chemistry and the implication is that they really are in love you know friends friends falling in love what's you know what's your take i think it's real i think it's a solid way to start a relationship when you really are best friends because i think that's what the key is to having long one of the keys to having a long-lasting relationship it's that you actually care about the other one and what they think and how they feel and what's going on in their life which is part of what I think of as best friends so not everything is the chemistry of like ripping each other's clothes off you can still have so long all of a sudden this person who and no matter how hot they are you like see them every day or all the time if you marry them or they like move in or whatever right then and it's not as titillating they're just like not sure if that holds up when it comes to Geralt and his very besides Geralt we'll go back to him for a second Becky and Lily (laughs) apply all all those man thighs I'm telling you him not doing the dishes or like it would start to add up all the thighs would be not that's a very good point I get annoying when people don't do the dishes it's a good point I think it would have been nice if they gave entertainment value a little chemistry. Also, I wonder if they like didn't go that direction because sometimes friends try that and then it stays friend zone because that doesn't really work or friends friendship dissipates because romantic stuff dissipated and didn't work. So maybe that was part of the allures to not really see it. Anyways, that's, that's, no, no, that, that's, I think that's, that's a good I think, that's a very I good answer. That, Thank you. That is see great we this is i hope everyone send molly a check for this episode uh, uh the the i anyways i this defied my expectations in terms of how good it was going to be it was i i really enjoyed it it was it was a really cute movie um in fact in some ways i didn't need it to be funny i just enjoyed what was happening and 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 like some of the jokier scenes like when he's hiding they, in the room were yeah. less like were less important to me than I really enjoyed their relationship. Um, okay, Lily, what what are your what are your shout outs? Okay, I just want to say it's been a historic day on this podcast where I have more recommendations than you. This never happens, and I'm very excited. By you, I mean shy. Where, where do I start? I know. Um, well, you, you know, so you said after so shock already. I, I, right. So I want to. I want to do a subcategory of genre of shows that you can watch with in-laws. So I feel like we need to provide the public a glossary. I don't glossary. think anything that's on here you would watch. Oh, maybe you could watch. I, yeah, no, you, you would have one I've that seen... you provide people with. Your, so if you have like a Russian in-law who's very politically intense, then Becky will provide a list of things that you can watch. If you have a Spanish mother-in-law who speaks no English and only want to watch horror stuff with you. And if there's like 
anything remotely not murdery, she's not interested, but you're not into watching that every single night, then I have a list for you. And on that list, and I don't know if you guys get this show in the States, but on my HBO, there's a show called The Cleaning Lady, which is about a Cambodian um, woman who comes to the United States on a visa with her son who I think uh, he must have leukemia. He needs a bone marrow transplant. So she gets a special visa to get a bone marrow transplant. But Lou Diamond Phillips, the donor, pulls out. And so she's now staying illegally in the U.S. as a cleaning lady to try and find a donor or a treatment or something for her kid while um, she's like on borrowed time with immigration ends up being a cleaning lady for the mob to make some money and get connections. I mean, and so that would have been this, a great character for the comparison. <laughs> well, I haven't been at the show. I don't know. I don't know what her, her character arc is completely. She's a badass. It's rare to see a female, I think, so like uh, confident um, in, a, in a show. So I watched that with my mother-in-law. Um, it's not bad. It's got Oliver Hudson, I think, as the most famous person. So that kind of gives you the level. Blue Diamond of, Phillips? He's he's not, he's a cameo, I would say. Jay Moore oh. is a cameo. And then Oliver Hudson is the most famous person. So that gives you kind of the level of show we're talking about. <laughs> um, but it's pretty good. The main actress is pretty good. Note, I also watch it dubbed for my in-laws. So who knows how anybody's really acting? I couldn't tell you. Um, I Also, season four of The Sinner which I I still watch that show. I think I, me and Shari might be the only ones. And my mother-in-law, also a good show to watch with her. Um, each season's a different story and it's a sort of whodunit or why done it mystery with the great Bill Pullman. Um, then I started Sex Lives of College Girls, but it's a very unfortunate title. I wish Mindy Kaling had a little bit more foresight and not named it that, but she did, so fine. I started it and I stopped because it seemed terrible. Then a friend who I trust's opinion said, give it another try. So I went back and the second half of the first episode, it does get better. And I'm on episode six and I'm enjoying it. It's, it's pretty funny. There's a lot of consent. They really like, it's not, you know, it's about these girls and kind of figure out themselves every time so far, there's a sex scene. The guy says like three times, are you okay? Is this okay? So I feel like they're, they're aware that they're, you know, trying to, include that in it um and Shamalay's sister is the, one of the main characters she's fantastic the hmm. like, oh, like yeah, you know sister. the other timothy whatever i don't know her real name but she's she's great and so far i'm enjoying that show it's a fun show then um ozarks uh part one of the season finale holy shit like you have to be really into dark stuff to watch that show but it's amazing and then i want you back which was a joy so i've been a very busy this is over two weeks because last week I didn't say my Rex. So this is two weeks. Right? Oh, so then that's why you have so many. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'll just say to uh, Resident Alien on Peacock is or, or uh, it's an NBC show or sci- it's sci-fi, but Peacock is where you can watch all the episodes of the commercials. That show is awesome. Alan, tu- it's the perfect vehicle for Alan Tudyk. It's got great characters, some really interesting, uh, very, re- it's just cool. So Resident Alien, Resident Alien, Check that out. It's sci-fi, dark comedy. Like it. And then Billions season six, the the new era of Billions with Mike Prince played by Corey Stoll. I can't wait to watch the, that. Also a show that only new, me and you watch. As the new villain, or not villain, as the new adversary. And I think that show is, in the first two episodes at least, I it's remarkable 
reinvention, but also re recentering who the adversary is away from the hedge fund manager of like the early 2000s to the more uh to the more uh enlightened billionaire who thinks they're doing right for the world but but may not be and maybe may not be it's unclear yet but versus the prosecutors trying to win political points so it, it's really interesting and they've pushed all the right characters to the forefront and uh yeah so if you were you thought billions ended in season five which i did it's so far season six is pretty awesome molly how about you already mentioned my top two favorites uh but i will highlight them again bbc death in paradise bbc midsummer murders are two of my top faves uh they're both really slow um but very sweet and very easy to watch with in-laws they're not well not maybe one who loves i horror. was they're, yeah, you know, I mean, not my in-laws, but it seems like there's some sort of elderly yeah, if you're in If your in-laws are Roger Bobby. and Fanny Corman, if your in-laws are Roger like and Fanny Corman- Like 70 and up, it seems. They will <laughs> watch this because- The demographic. My, my parents watch one channel and it's Acorn, so- Just, do you have Acorn? They love it. That's all the BBC stuff. I'm about it. I'm totally about it. Yeah, and you think it's like sl in slow motion, that channel, like you should have to fast forward to watch, but that's just the speed of those shows. That's how slow they are. <laughs> so good. Oh yeah. Do you, you don't think we hear about acorn on these chats? We know. We know. When we come down to Miami and we introduce you to the folks, we're just going to start you on talking about acorn. That, those, those sound cool. I do love a good murder mystery. All right, Molly. You can be found at Molly Eliasoff. So M O L L I E E L I S O F dot com. And on Instagram at also Molly Eliasoff. Molly Eliasoff. Yeah. Um, did I pronounce your name right? So close. But oh. <laughs> is it Eli is it Eliasoff? That's how I pronounce it, but it can be pronounced differently based on where you're from and what. But, you're but I think we should only pronounce it the way you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, even though it Molly can Elias be pronounced Elias. other ways. <laughs> I've been. I mean, I it. guess you could pronounce Corman Corman, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so. What's the one? What's the one that we pronounce mispronounce wrong? Which is the one? The name that we we did a whole. Oh. Thing. Oh my gosh, it started off the Eric Banya. Eric Banya. Molly Eliasoft. Molly Eliasoft.com. Whose and initials are me. Yeah. Which Amazing. is great because if you're looking to be self actualized and have growth and take be your a better life to another level, me. reach out to her. She's amazing, but also just like follow her because she's cool and drops awesome insights on her socials and stuff. So, you know, um, we're so grateful for you being here. Thank you for your time. And this is so much fun and we can't wait to have you back again. This is great. <laughs> and uh, Lily, where can people follow you? Chichi C-H-I-C-H-I-K Gomez on Twitter. Big explanation of the name last episode. So go back and listen. Yes, to go it back to the last episode and listen to that explanation. And Becky, where can people follow you? At Paper BK Princess, also on Twitter. And you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And coming up, 
uh, in a couple weeks uh, at Farpoint, the Farpoint Convention, which takes place in Hunt Valley, Hunt Valley Maryland, the Friday Night Movie will be there. Um, it's a really cool nonprofit comic convention. They have got some really cool guests, including Timothy Zahn, who wrote the amazing Star Wars sequels that we all love and maybe should have been made into the movies. And Friday Night Movie will be doing will be doing an episode of the show out in salon a and then on the in the makers in in the the panel room or the event room uh we we will be doing a class on podcasting for kids and so we will be bringing up the next generation of podcasters with our patented podcasting for kids program so uh check out farpoint uh, they're super cool. We'll be putting a lot of stuff on socials uh, coming soon to, to advertise our participation. The theme music is by What Does It Eat? And thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Goodness, yes, yes. No, no, no. This is amazing because this just it's really bad. It's getting progressively worse as the day goes on. And I spoke to Becky yesterday and she goes, Are you drunk? This further proves they could have found a Jewish woman to play Joan Rivers. They could have me at four years old, which is what my voice sounded like. (gasps) Mom. Yeah, I have a very scratchy voice, but it's getting progressively scratchier. Hello, Molly.